Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. The morning after the first round of the NFL draft and the Steelers got their guy in Broderick Jones for a trade. But was it the right trade value? And what have they set themselves up with with the 32nd overall pick with who's left? I'm Chris Carter, host of the North Shore Drive podcast here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We're joined by Ray Fittipaldo, who was in the Steelers facility all night long, breaking things down and keeping an eye on how things played out. We'll get both of our reactions and analysis on that pick and what's ahead for the Steelers and the rest of the NFL draft. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive Podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. You're joined by Ray Fittipaldo, one of our esteemed Steelers beat writers here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We're both at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com to get all of our written work uh, and check out all of our great content there. If you enjoy this show and you want more things like it, subscribe to this podcasting platform on any podcasting app. Uh, we have all sorts of podcasting platforms and especially on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this channel for the Monday, Wednesday, and Friday episodes of the North Shore Drive Podcast, as well as all the daily content that comes out for us including our live stream covering the NFL draft that Adam Bitter did a great job running last night as we were all jumping in and out and, and doing and being busy. And that was, of course, sponsored by the Acrisure Fan Advantage, which is giving you all the best coverage that you can get from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette on your Pittsburgh Steelers. Check out the live stream tonight again as Adam Bitter is going to lead us through the many hours of the of day two of the NFL draft where the Steelers have currently have three picks between the second and third rounds. We'll get our You'll get our opinions on where they go there. But, Ray, let's jump right to Broderick Jones. Yep. This was one of the top offensive tackles that we talked about. This was the guy that we were thinking, you know, maybe if they could get, if they could get him, this would be a win. Was this a win in your eyes that they did land him, even though Paris Johnson Jr., Peter Skaronsky, and Darnell Wright all went ahead of him and they had to trade up, trade away a fourth-round pick to go up and get him? Yeah, I, I think first off, I think all the draft analysts were right. Those tackles were going to come off in the top half of the first round, and the Steelers were going to have to make a move to get one of them. Um, and, you know, the the, uh, the the hype on Darnell Wright was real. He goes yeah, before Peter Skaronsky and Broderick Jones. But I, mm-hmm. I think when you look at Broderick Jones, and let's first talk about the compensation. All you got to give up is pick 120. Uh, and swap first round picks. I mean, I think that's, that's great value. I mean, Omar Khan's batting a thousand on trades. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll discount that William Jackson one, which was basically them just taking him on for the commanders. Um, mm. I mean, but I mean, he he's done terrific so far. We'll see what he does with pick 32. I, I think with Jones, um, athletically, size wise, he's your prototypical left tackle. Now, there's some work to do. Um, he, he's got a few things, um, you know, fundamentally to take care of before I think he could be a starter. But I do think he's going to be a starter as a rookie at some point. And uh, I, I think it's, um, if not a home run pick for the Steelers, it's pretty darn close. It just might be a stand-up triple. 
a stand-up triple. I feel you on that. I feel the same way. Broderick Jones, yeah, sure, needs to polish where he puts his hands when he's blocking. His fundamentals aren't all the way there. He's a little inexperienced at the offensive line. But you know what? This guy is a mauler already. He wants to crush people. And one thing I've been saying all night long, I think that he fits the typical Tomlin saying, I'd rather say woe than sick him. Because Mike Tomlin wants guys who he doesn't have to motivate to go crush somebody. He wants guys that go and do it. And that the most that he has to do is say, hey, hey, young boy, let's let's bring it back a little bit. Let's refine our skills here. And then you go out and get him. And that's who I think Broderick Jones is. I think that he is, he is his athletic profile is, is awesome. Uh, he seems very coachable from the notes that were given by Kirby Smart about him. Um, and again, in, in my opinion, he was, he was my top offensive tackle uh, that I ranked in this class. Now, I'm not an NFL scout. I'm not a, you know, a front office guy. I don't have the access that these guys do. So, you know, maybe that's why he went for, he was the fourth offensive tackle off the board. But I think that he could be a pillar player for the future of this Steelers offensive line and what they're trying to do, not just to protect Kenny Pickett, but also to plow the road and give and give space for Najee Harris and open up this run game. In your mind, Ray, does Broderick Jones, He's we know Mike Tomlin, he's not just going to hand him the starting job, he's going to have to win it. But do you think Broderick Jones would, would win the left tackle spot off of Dan Moore Jr. and force the Steelers to consider him either as a backup or or have him compete with Chooksakor for it? Yeah, I mean, that's going to happen at some point during 2023, Chris. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Broderick Jones is going to be a day one starter. Um, we got to see, you know, what he looks like. I mean, it's right. Um, you know, here's a guy, redshirt sophomore, 21 years old, again, fitting the Tom on Steelers profile. Get him young, um, coach him up, and teach him how to be a pro. Um, so there are some things to work out. I, I But I, I do think when you look at his footwork and the way he tested, um, I don't think there's going to be any issues. You know, what you talked about with hand placement, that's why they have coaches. Yep. You know, I think Pat Meyer proved last year with some, um, you know, mediocre to, to decent players that he can get the most out of them, and he did that. Now you add Isaac Sayamalu to the mix. Yeah. You add Roderick Jones to the mix on the left side. Um, you know, we'll see what they do in day two. They, they've had interest in interior guys, centers throughout this process. Who are still there? John Michael Schmidt, Steve Avila, um, uh, still on the board here in, in, in round two, as we get set to enter uh, Friday night. So we'll see what they do there. But if you have that pair on the left side, and let's say they do nothing else, and you got Mason Cole, James Daniels, and Chukwu Okorafor, I think that's a much improved offensive line over what they had last season. I agree. Um, we'll get to the remaining centers that are out there, as well as the remaining players out there, because um, I definitely want to get your thoughts on how the heck is Joey Porter Jr. still around. But yeah. let's stick on Broderick Jones for, for a bit longer. <coughs> Big part of what the Steelers wanted to do was protect Kenny Pickett. He had two head injuries this past year that, that took him out during the season, and he can't. they can't afford him to go through that again. They need to protect him, keep him upright, um, and uh, – Kevin Dotson at left guard, who I think made progress. He was also the source of – he was also the spot that was getting beat on the offensive line uh, that allowed the pressures that eventually got to Kenny Pickett on some of those injuries. And uh, Isaac Samalo looks like a guy who could take that spot at, at left guard. At left tackle, Dan Moore Jr., I, I think across the board we'd all agree Dan Moore Jr. does a solid job for being a fourth-round pick and growing into his spot, but he's not he, – he's also a weak spot on the offensive line. Uh, when it compared to all of the competition, even I think compared to Kevin Dotson, 
you put Samala and you put Broderick Jones in this offensive line uh, in 2023, and you, you keep Mason Cole, maybe you add a John Michael Schmitz or a Joe Tipman. We'll get to those guys later. And then uh, you have still have James Daniels. You still have Chuksakor for, and then Dan Moore Jr. could be your flex option as well as Kevin Dotson. And you have depth there. And all of a sudden, Omar Khan seems to have flipped the idea of what, how good this offensive line can be in just a year's time. Absolutely. And that's what you want, Chris. When you have a team that's built around defense, and we saw the tilt towards the running game last season, um, you know, I, I think this was only a natural course to take um, for Omar Khan on the first day of the draft. Um, you know, we talked about this offensive line class, how there was a drop off after Broderick Jones to the next guy. I think Anton Harrison what, went late first round. Yeah, like 24. I think he went to the Jaguars, right? Jaguars, yeah, late in the first round. So there, there was, you know, a good 10 to 15 pick gap um, after the Steelers made that pick. Um, and there's it's a deep corner class. So I, I agree with you. I think build this team um, from the trenches out, uh, which I think we all kind of forecast was what Andy Weidel wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Get that aspect of your team situated first and then branch out. And I, I think they could afford to do that too because, let's face it, in Kevin Colbert's final years, he concentrated an awful lot on skill position players. Absolutely. Kenny Pickett, Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth. George Pickens, Chase Claypool, who was dealt. But, you know, his five final picks in the top two rounds, they were all on offensive skill position players. So I think Mm -hmm. this was well overdue, and I think you fortify the lines of scrimmage, um, give yourself a chance to get better. They were average as a run-blocking team last year. They were average as a pass-protecting team last year. But now I think you give yourself a chance – you know, provided all these picks and these free agents uh, signings work out, you give yourself a chance to be, I don't know, a top 10, top 12 running team. Uh, Cut down on those sacks. Maybe you give up five to seven fewer sacks. I mean, I I think that's this is what Omar Khan and Andy Weidel wanted to do, and I think um, they're well on their way to doing that. Absolutely. We're going to go over in the next segment who is still left out there right now for for the Steelers to select so stick with us here and then we'll also go about how they should handle that with their picks in the in the later segment but before we do any of that I want to talk to you guys about our great sponsors game time now gametime.co is the website that you need to go to right now if you want to buy tickets for your favorite event without it being stressful game time is an app that you can download right to your phone or you can go to their website gametime.co and when you do so you're going to find a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater events near you there's killer deals on this website on last-minute tickets, and they have a best price guarantee, so you can stop stressing over the price of the tickets that you're getting, even if you're getting them at the last minute. The Game Time app allows you to book tickets up to the last minute, even if you didn't plan out far in advance, even if you didn't know that a concert was coming, and, and you wanted to get these tickets, but you see that they're really expensive on another outlet, but they're not expensive as expensive on Game Time because they give you exclusive flash deals on tickets for game things like football games, basketball games, baseball games, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Game Time, the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get their best price so if you find tickets in the same section and row for less somewhere else game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app or and you can create an account and use co- the code p-i-t-t pit all capital letters on one word and you'll get 20 dollars off your first purchase or go to their website gametime.co and still make create an account there Terms and conditions apply. Create an account and redeem code PITTPIT for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. 
Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specright para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Ray Fittipaldo, where of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Ray, let's look at the remaining field here and what's left here. Now, I have a, a bit of a big board here um, that, I, that I've kind of been keeping track. I made like I ranked like my top 92 players in this draft process just to get myself through the third round, uh, at least what I hope would be uh, available at the, at the third round here. Um, I think everyone's surprised that Joey Porter Jr. is still on the board here at 32 a lot a lot of us we all projected like maybe Joey Porter Jr. would have been the 17th overall pick if the Steelers have stuck there but as we saw Christian Gonzalez fell down quite a ways he was the 17th overall pick with the Patriots who traded back to get the Steelers spot there um and then we saw Emmanuel Forbes Deontay Banks they came up they came off the board there um so the cornerback uh, the cornerback draft was a little bit different there but also You got players like Brian Branch, the safety out of Alabama, Michael Meyer, the tight end of Notre Dame, and that's ahead of uh, Darnell Washington, who the Steelers both visited with the top brass at his pro day and brought him in for a top 30 visit. You still have the centers, uh, John Michael Schmitz, Joe Tipman available, and then other guys that, that even that they had the top 30 visits like Julius Brents, the cornerback out of Kansas State, and Keanu Benton, the defensive lineman out of Wisconsin, and someone that you brought up, Ray, an interior offensive lineman, guard Osiris Torrance from Florida. All of them are sitting there. That's a lot of really good prospects who I think grade very well coming into this draft process. Is is the move simply just picking Joey Porter Jr. and dealing with the rest later, or do you think the Steelers have some wiggle room here? Uh, I think they will consider trading down because I think some teams that want to come up and get Will Levis um, mm. will will maybe overpay for that. But let's just talk about the prospects um, right now. Yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about the picks, like the, the process of the picks in the third segment. Yeah. But let's talk about the players in this one. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to me. Why did those corners drop? Um, yeah. I, you know, Gonzalez was, I don't want to say he was a consensus top 10 pick, but I, I bet you 75% of the draft analysts out there had him going in the top 10. And then Joey Porter Jr., uh, you know, I, I know he didn't have ball production at Penn State, but he's a prototypical big corner with size. Um, performed well in the Big Ten, uh, had a really good season this past year. So, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure why that happened. I got to give credit to Peter King. I think he wrote in his column this past week that uh, Porter could slip out of round one, and he did. So, wow. um, he's got some pretty good information there. I'm not sure what it is. But uh, now the question is uh, if you're the Steelers, there are still a lot of big corners on the board. You mentioned Brents, you yeah. got Porter. There's a lot of guys with that um, with that profile. So if you're the Steelers, would you go Brian Branch, the top slot corner at 32, Man. and then double down Man. at 49? On the other one? <laughs> I'm right with you, Ray. Like, yeah, like mean, as much I, as – go ahead. Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I mean, that's that's kind of the logical thinking, right? You go ahead, get that vers, uh, versatility, that guy who can play dime linebacker slot, 
safety at some point for you. And then I don't want to say you settle, but you still have Brents, Stevenson. Yep. Uh, you know, all these guys you can get for you. Kelly Ringo's still out there. And Kelly, yeah, Ringo. So, you know, I, I don't know how the Steelers like all those guys, but I do think if you want to take Branch at 32, I think one of those guys that we just mentioned would still be there at 49. Now, that doesn't solve edge rusher for you. Right. That doesn't solve defensive line for you. So, right. Um, spending two picks on defensive backs back-to-back would create some roster issues for you, especially since you did trade 120. But I don't know. That kind of makes sense to me if you grab Branch first and then I don't want to say settle, but you know, take advantage of that depth later on and get your corner at 49 too, your outside corner. At no, I feel you on that. And it makes a lot of sense what you're saying there. And even though I have I have Joy Porter Jr. as a higher-rated player than Brian Branch on my big board, but like you said, if you pass on Joey Porter Jr., then he goes before 49. And, again, we're, we'll get to wh- whether they should trade and do other things there in, in the next segment. But let's just focus on if, if they stayed pat at their picks, 32, 49, and 80. If you pass on Joey Porter Jr., you get Brian Branch. You're absolutely right. You know, Joey Porter Jr., maybe the next corner off the board there, so there's at least one corner in the way. Let's say – two corners still get take, taken or even three corners get taken before the Steelers pick again at, at, at 49. So that would be Joey Porter Jr. on my board, Julius Brents, and then Kelly Ringo. You're still left with Cam Smith, Tyreek Stevenson, and then you could still get other guys that have really good ball skills like Travis Hodgins Tomlinson, uh, DJ Turner, Clark Phillips III, uh, Garrett Williams, and I think like there you start to flex into maybe wait on that on those guys, those last couple guys for the in the, for the third round. But either one, any one of those guys, I, I think are second round worthy, especially at the middle pick at forty nine. Whereas at safety, I don't feel the same way. I feel like you know when we you get to Antonio Johnson, maybe, but I don't think that he brings you the flexibility that Brian Branch does. So I, I like the idea of bringing in of bringing in Branch, but but like you said, also. Sticking to the secondary, you know, maybe you don't need to do that because we talked about making this offensive line a top 10 unit. I think a John Michael Schmitz combined with, you know, with with uh, uh, with Broderick Jones as a rookie class bolstered by veterans who they've added in free agency like Samalo and Daniels. Uh, I think that has the makings of the next four to five years of being you know, of growing into an elite group. Uh, and, and becoming the next great Steelers offensive line. And that's where it's like it's tempting to not pass up on a center if if you think that he is the guy right now. Yeah, so the only issue with that, and I believe me, I, I think it could happen. Um, I don't want to say they've telegraphed it, but they've made no secret about their um, their feelings about John Michael Schmitz or Avila um, from mm-hmm. TCU. But if they do that, do you turn around? Do you maybe flip Mason Cole for a fourth-round pick? Maybe. Um, do you try to flip James Daniels for a third or a fourth round pick? I don't know what kind of interest there would be there, but talk about a glut of interior linemen. Um, I'm not saying you don't need both those guys, but I think one of those guys would have to go, right? I mean, you're you're not only trading the player, you're kind of trading the contract there too because it wouldn't make sense to be um, paying starters money to somebody who would be sitting on the bench especially after you acquired Nate Herbig to be your, your swing center and your swing guard. So um, that's the only issue with drafting a guy like John Michael Schmitz or Steve Oliva. But believe me, if they do that, they'll have a plan, and I think they'll turn around and they would trade one of those guys. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I feel you on that, and, and I, I think that there's there's a potential there. Um, let's let's let let's move to the idea of what they'll do with these picks and how they'll make those picks, and then the next segment because, like you said, there's still trade options on the board there. The Steelers made a trade up. I, I was we were talking about that being a potential, a possibility, uh, and even somewhat of a likelihood with how aggressive Omar Khan likes to be. We'll get you, we'll get those thoughts and some of the thoughts that you thought about how Mike Tomlin and Omar Khan responded yesterday in a minute here, right on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Back with us on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, breaking things down for you on how the Steelers draft went. Ray, before we talk about Tomlin and Khan or anything like that, let's look at the at, at how this could play out with the picks that they have uh, available to them. Now, you t- you mentioned a trade down is a possibility. You know, at 32, you know, you feel like the Steelers shouldn't pass on a player that they think is their guy, but they... I know that they, they got a great price for getting the, the 14th overall pick for just the fourth round pick at 120. But as it stands, it's still great that they have three more picks in the top 80 of this, uh, of this NFL draft class. But if they made no other moves, they would have no day three picks until they're two seventh rounders. And that is a huge gap from 80th overall all the way into the 200s in a class that we think can be deep at several positions that, that the Steelers could address here. I'm kind of with you on, you mentioned earlier, both Will Levis and Hendon Hooker fell to the second round. And there were teams that probably passed on them because they were like, man, we want to get some of these other top talents here. But what are the chances that you think that there are some teams that are calling and could give the Steelers, the Steelers some serious compensation as in maybe another second round pick, maybe another third round pick and some yeah. change. What is, what is the chances that they, that they're going to entertain and possibly even pull that off right now? Yeah, so I, I wrote these down. So excuse me, I'll just read off my phone. Sure. Uh, how about how about the Rams? Ooh. I think they, they pick what thirty five. They so, pick it. Uh, they, they pick it thirty six. I think yes. Thirty six. Okay. How about the Raiders? Love it. They, they, they passed on Levis. They passed on Levis too. Yeah. Uh, how about the Titans? They need a quarterback. The, how about the Seahawks? And Ooh. how about the how about the Lions? I mean, I just named you six teams. I don't know if there's going to be a bidding war among those six teams, but you would have to believe two, three, four of those teams are at least investigating this pretty thoroughly about what it would cost to move up. Now, I, I didn't do the research for all those teams I mentioned, but let's just say the Rams because yeah. that would be the shortest move, right, for, for them to make right. that move. Um, would you do it for pick 36 and their early pick in the third round? Would you make that move? Absolutely, in a heartbeat. You drop. Yeah. You, you mean to tell me that the Steelers could pick, could move back four spots in the second round and then recoup a third round pick? S- sign me up. Okay, Rams don't have a fourth round pick. That's why I brought that up. And they they, yeah. they do have two compensatory selections at the end of the fifth round. So they, you know, I, I don't think the Steelers would be into it for you know just fifth round selections no. and just accumulating mid round picks. I I, no. I don't know what that gets you. Um, you know, the Lions, I, I think, have similar draft capital. There's a need there. Do you want to do, do you want to um, uh, sort of get a, a guy in place in case Jared Goff cools off a little bit? Now, that would be a big move up for the Lions. They would they would probably have to, um, you know, pay a lot more than, than what the Rams would. But, you know, teams that uh, want quarterbacks and have a high grade on Levis, 
um, I think would be intrigued by that move. So I, I think Omar Khan, believe me, he's taking calls already. We're taping this, what, in the 9 o'clock hour on Friday morning. He's taking calls now. He'll be taking calls rest of the uh, rest of the day. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a trade in place if they get pulled over by the offer, say, by late morning, early afternoon. I don't know when we would hear about it. But if they get pulled over by an offer, boom, take it, accumulate those those picks, preferably still on day two. So you get picks in round two and round three. I, I think – I don't want to say it's a no-brainer because they very well could want a center or Joey Porter. But I, I think you have to think long and hard about it because not only do you need a corner, you need a slot corner, you need an edge, you need a defensive lineman. There's still some holes to fill on this roster, and by trading pick number – 120 yesterday, um, I don't know if you're going to be able to address all of those issues in this draft if you don't do that. I'm right with you. And listen, the idea of just getting the guys in front of you, that is that is a classic move, and that is there's nothing wrong with that traditionally. But you're right. They could use youth and, and, and exploit a deep class that I think that, you know, you mentioned those. Tight end is still, is still a possibility. I, I even really like the idea – of Darnell Washington, if he could last until 49, Michael Meyer wasn't picked. And it, to me, it was Dalton Kincaid, Michael Meyer, Darnell Washington. Those are my top three tight ends in this draft class. And then you could still get uh, other guys later on who like, like Schumacher out of, out, of, out of Michigan, Musgrave out of Oregon State. You know, those those type of guys, they'd be fine even later, like in the third round. But Darnell Washington has freakish measurables. And with Meyer there still on the board now in the second round, if he gives you at least a little bit of protection where he's like, you know what? We did want to add another receiving threat slash blocking threat um, to, to our offense, but we, we can, we can probably hope that if there's another team looking at tight ends, there's only one other such team between where we pick in the, se- in the early part of the second round to the middle part of the second round. And you right. can get Roderick, excuse me, uh, Darnell Washington there. And I know that give them two Georgia players to start, but I don't think that the uh, Eagles are anyone that covers the Eagles right now is complaining because they continue to just draft Georgia dudes on Georgia dudes on Georgia dudes. And that's a big part of what I think is building with their youth movement. So Ray, I'm right with you trade down. If, if, if you get the right value, but I think that Omar Khan, he did a great job. I never thought the Steelers would get a high second round pick, let alone the first second round pick for Chase Claypool. When we were talking about that back in like October and November yeah, who knows? He might be able to pull off another crazy steal of a trade here that gets the Steelers more day two value. And you you would think it would almost have to be somewhere between thirty three and forty, right? Because yeah, when when you trade down, you don't want to trade down seventeen spots because no. you want an idea of who's going to be there. But if you trade down seven spots, ten spots, and you have a list of guys that you know that you're going to be able to grab, and then you still know about that depth. Um, you know, I think that makes all the sense in the world. So, yeah, swap a second-round pick, 32 for anywhere from 33 through 40, and then try to get another third-round pick in return. And uh, if you look at the trade value chart, um, you know, th- those teams that will be doing that might have to, might think that's overpaying. But, hey, you're going to have to get a quarterback. Sometimes you got to pay when you want to get that future quarterback. Now, here's the interesting prospect with the Lions here, and let, let, let's stick with them for a second. They are at 34. The Cardinals are at 33. The Steelers are at 32. The Lions wouldn't necessarily need to get ahead of the Cardinals because they're not drafting a quarterback, but maybe the Rams are trying to trade into that spot. Maybe you said the Seahawks, the Raiders, the Titans. Maybe your selling point is like, look, 
you know, you might want to wait until you pick or might even just trade up with the Cardinals. But these other teams are calling us and giving us a good price. If you want that pick, you know, like you said, the Lions don't have a third or fourth round pick. They have two fifth round picks, but they do have three seconds. They pick at 34, they pick at 48, they pick at 55. What would you say if the Lions, they didn't call and gave you 34, but they gave you 48 and 55. So now you have three second round draft picks. And on top of your third rounder, is that too far back if you're getting two sec- another second rounder with it? Or yeah. would you be willing to take that that drop down from 32 to, uh, what would it be, 48, which is the pick right before your other second round pick? Yeah, that, that's 22 picks. and That's a lot. You, pre- you pretty much know Avila and John Michael Schmitz would be off the board. Um, a bunch of your corner tar- targets might be off the board. That's I, I wouldn't want to do that. Um, you know, I would. I know there's great depth in this draft, but um, assuming that you do have higher grades on players, you know, 32 through 40 than you do 41 through 61, um, uh, I wouldn't do it. Now, hey, listen, they might have all those guys with similar grades, and maybe in that regard, it would be worth doing it. But to me, when you're trading and you're trading down 22 picks, I don't think that would be enough return. Okay, so that so so, so let, let, let's let's say so let's say that they trade back with with thirty four. Maybe if you're the Steelers, maybe you could offer them extra compensation to get another one of those second round picks because, or, or maybe they're just that aggressive. You know, let, let let's let's also wipe this off the board. Not all teams go by the book here because. Right. Just the Lions themselves, they had the sixth overall pick. They could have selected Christian Gonzalez. They could have selected – they, they could have selected Will Levis back then. They could have selected so many players. They traded out of that spot. And at 12th overall, and I don't know if you saw the video of the, the Lions uh, war room when, they, when, when their board fell to them at that spot, they selected Jameer Gibbs, the small Alabama running back, who was the second running back off the board. B. John Robinson was gone at eight. Two running backs went at 12, and I think everyone was kind of like, huh? I didn't see that. I, I, I did not have Jameer Gibbs. At, at best, I had him going 28 to the to the Bengals at the end of the first round, let alone the top, a top 12 pick. And then with their 18th overall pick, they took Jack Campbell, who I don't think anybody was slotting as a mid-first rounder, maybe at best a late first rounder. But you look at that, and I'm like, man – some of these teams, they might do something crazy because they did something crazy already. You you never know. And how about this, Chris? Would you trade 32 and 80 for 34 and 55? Would you do that? Yep, I'd do that. You t- you telling me I'm I'm moving down two spots in the second round to move up. Quick math. And you have three good. second round you have three second round picks, yeah. and then you don't then you don't draft again until round seven. So Yep, now you're, you're once again, you know, you're not having as many picks, but you're getting more premium picks, presumably if you have higher grades on guys who are, who are in your top fifty, so or top fifty five, you know. So that's another scenario to uh, maybe kick around here. Man, point is the Steelers have so many so many different ways that they could attack this, and so many different players who I think would be very good fits. Omar Khan, Pittsburgh Steelers, they're cooking. I think that they have done a really good job setting them. We we said going into this process, how they handle free agency, they set themselves up very well for how they can handle the first round. 
they handled the first round, I think, on both of our pages and include what well, we do. I don't think I'd include Brian in this because he he even predicted as well. And with his last mock draft, the Steelers would go get Broderick Jones with a trade up. Um, I think all of us agree this was a win of a first round with how they at least they handled it. Now they put they set themselves up to win the second round. We'll see how they win the second round here at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. This has been the North Shore Drive podcast. Remember. You can download this this, this podcast on your favorite podcasting app. You can watch this show, this show on YouTube, but there will be a live stream on our YouTube page uh, when the when the sec- when the second round opens back up tonight. Adam Bittner did a great job. We ran a three hour show that you could have clicked in and clicked out with. We probably got you the picks if you were watching. Some people were complaining about this, like, "Hey, man, you're getting the picks before the TV is," because we're following social media, so we're seeing the reporters who you know have the the, the ins- inside track across the league. And we're getting notes on who teams are taking before they're being announced on television. So if you want to check with check us out with a show that's going to be sponsored by the Accurature Fan Advantage, come back here tonight when the second round opens. When does the second round open tonight? I don't know the exact time yet. Uh, uh, 7 o'clock, and then I think it ends at 11 o'clock. There you go. 7 to 11. We will have you covered here on the second and third rounds of the draft. Get, and, and get here fast because the Steelers having the, uh, the the 32nd overall pick, they will, and they've been on the clock basically already, what, for 10, 11 hours. So yeah. they're go, probably going to make their move, whether it's a trade or a signing, fairly quickly. So do get in here and do that. Ray, thanks so much for joining me here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Again, find us on YouTube and your favorite podcasting apps. We'll we'll be back. We'll have stuff all throughout this weekend covering what happens at the NFL draft. But of course, this show, the North Shore Drive podcast, we'll be back Monday recapping all of it, but get all that great coverage here with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com for all our written work. And of course, all our podcasting apps and YouTube for all the shows. Back with you very soon throughout this weekend, keeping you updated with the Pittsburgh Steelers updates on the NFL draft. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description. Llegaron los Pro Paint Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specright para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios.